Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. Hey, today we're having a special teaching for you. It's something that I taught in a course a while ago. It's um, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. That's a book John Maxwell wrote, but particularly we're talking about self-reflection and change. I've had a lot of questions from people about um, the change process, specifically about themselves, but also within small groups or teams. How do you move people forward? So I wanted to bring this to your attention. It is quite long. It's almost an hour long. Um, So take that with a grain of salt. If you don't have an hour, that's okay. Just make time for it. Uh, And so I think this is going to really help you to um, not only be a better leader, but also a better grower, if that's even a word. And so enjoy. There we go. So once again, welcome, everyone. I'm glad I I remembered to hit the record button this time. Um, So our typical um, process before we start teaching calls is we do a couple things to really focus our brain. Um, The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is uh, on your paper, think about the goal or the purpose or the reason for you to be on this call tonight. What really brought you on this call? Is it maybe a personal thing, um, a relationship? Is it professional, Um, maybe you are working within a team or um, you're responsible for leading another group, whatever that might be, just take a moment right now and think about what is the purpose for you to be on this call today? Write that down. So what that does is it really focuses Um, your non-conscious brain, so the part of your brain that's not actually aware of what's going on right now, you are consciously telling your unconscious brain to pay attention to whatever your goal or purpose is, okay? It's just as simple as if I said, don't look at anything blue in the room, that's all you're going to see, right? That's the same thing. So you're really training your brain to focus and pay attention to what you need it to pay attention to tonight. Also, think about in this very moment, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? It could be anything. Write one thing down on your paper. What are you grateful for? What this does is it unlocks the part of the brain that's responsible for seeing opportunities and possibilities. When you're using this part of the brain, you it is impossible for you to see lack, limitation, and scarcity. And so as we train our brain to be grateful, we're going to see a whole world of possibilities. So these two things help your brain focus on what you need to focus on and to see all of the possibilities related to what you're focusing on. Okay? 
So tonight we're going to um, briefly talk about questions and the brain. Um, and then I'm going to give you three questions to ask yourself and four questions to ask others about yourself so that you can actually see change in your life. Okay? So that's a total of seven questions. All right, so let's just jump right in. Um, many of you have seen me demonstrate stick chick, or maybe you were on the call last night. Um, really what that is is a graphic that shows how questions can really open up the brain and help somebody to truly think, um, to really raise their awareness. So think about the questions you often hear or maybe ask in your own life. Um, maybe you ask a lot of questions of your kids at home or maybe of your spouse or your family and friends. Think about a person you're very close to and you love to spend time with. What kinds of questions do they ask of you? You see, closed-ended questions, those that only have one right answer, seek information or data. Um, they require the person being asked to access the file in their brain, but not really process that information, okay? That's a closed-ended question. But the people that we love to be around typically don't ask just these kinds of questions. They go further than that. They go deeper. That's why we like to be around them, right? Okay, so um, closed-ended questions. Think about how you would answer these questions. What did you do today? Who did you see? Where did you go? Okay, so if I were sitting in a room with you right now and I asked, what did you do today? Who did you see and where did you go? Now, those questions only have one answer, don't they? Because I'm asking that question about you about today. So how did you feel when I asked those questions? Well, maybe you really didn't feel much, right? See, these questions might give the, the questioner some information about your schedule for the day, but it doesn't really tell them about you, right? Think about that. Maybe we all went to work, right? Maybe we all saw our coworkers and our boss and had lunch in the break room. But does that tell you about me or you? If we all have a similar story, does that really get to who we are? No, right? It doesn't. It's just facts, right? But what about if we flip them around and we asked open-ended questions? What would happen? Well, let's think about that for a minute. How about these questions? So, so listen to this. Listen to the wording of this. What captured your heart today? What captured your heart today? Who inspired you today? 
And what was the most significant moment in your day and why? Now, if I asked each one of you on the call tonight and you asked me, we would all have very different answers, wouldn't we? Now, here's the key. How did you feel when I asked you those questions? Maybe you felt more connected with yourself, right? Because I asked you, what captured your heart? How were you inspired? Um, what was a significant moment, right? Um, maybe you had kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling when you're thinking about um, somebody who inspired you. Um, or maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's somebody on the line tonight who felt a little off because you realized that nothing captured your heart today, you weren't inspired, and maybe you didn't experience anything significant. So the point here is that you felt something, right? When I asked you that question, what captured your heart today? It kind of takes you off to another place, doesn't it? But did you see how related it is to the first set of questions, the what did you do today? It's similar, completely different though, right? You see, when you ask open-ended questions that are attached to some feeling or emotion, it accesses our non-conscious mind, what we don't actually consciously know at any given moment, right? While closed-ended questions result in data and information, open-ended questions, they also get rich data and information, but they get so much more about our identity, right? So the second set of questions would give much deeper detail to the same answers of the first set. So my point is, if you're going to ask questions, why not ask really good ones, right? So the the art of asking a good question, how might this change your relationships at work or at home or maybe at that meeting that should have been an email, right? What about a random trip to the grocery store with your kids? How could good questions change that? So I can say that um, since I've begun to practice asking my kids really great questions, my relationship with them has deepened to a, a place I didn't know that we could go to. Um, and believe me, they're 7, 10, and almost 13, and I need to focus on asking those really great questions now, right? Because as they're getting older, they are going to need me to ask those questions, but I'm also going to need to, to know the answers, right? So if you want to open up someone's non-conscious mind and really understand them as a person um, and not just collect that data, you know, right? So asking questions to see what data they've collected throughout the day, then you need to ask really great questions. I know I've said it a lot, I said it a lot on the first call, and I will again, and I probably will next week too, um, you got to ask really great questions. And I say that over and over and over again because I know 
that repetition actually gets it in you, okay? So do me a favor and write down, ask great questions. Write that down now. Some of you I know are humoring me. Um, others really do believe that I can see through your computer, and some of you are already lost. So um, wherever you find yourself at this point, let's, let's move on. So we'll switch gears for a minute. Um, let's talk about some self-leadership questions. Um, you know, from my experience, every time in my life that I've chosen to focus on myself and make myself better, it has resulted in a greater blessing in my personal and my professional life. Um, maybe that's where you are today. Uh, do you need more abundance in your life? Um, do you need deeper relationships with family and friends? Uh, maybe you want a bump in your pay or a change in careers, right? Um, if you answered yes to any of these, Get your pen ready to write down some important questions. But before we talk about those magic questions, let's just spend a moment and talk about listening. So you might be saying, Michelle, I didn't get on this call to learn about listening, right? Or maybe, Michelle, I'm already a great listener. I'm sure you are. So, okay, hang in there with me because this is one of those common sense things. Um, Remember, common sense is a flower that doesn't grow in everyone's garden, okay? So I'm going to cover some, some concepts here because um, I think that this is really important for us to kind of set the stage for the rest of the call. Forgive me for one moment. My father is, is texting me, and he never texts, so that's always a problem. So just a moment. He has a habit of, of doing this two or three times a year, so there we go. Okay, so um, listening. There are three levels to listening. Um, believe me, I don't have nearly enough time to go into the depth on this subject, um, maybe that will be a call at a later date. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, those levels of listening, let me know. I will get something on the calendar. Um, but I really want to make sure that I'm mentioning this. Um, so the first level is um, listening to what the other person says, listening to their words, right? You're, you're listening to what they're saying. Um <laughs> which, of course, I'm a proponent of, don't get me wrong, um, but we have a tendency at this level to get kind of sucked into what they're saying, right? Um, there are a couple problems with listening just to the words that somebody says. One is that there could be problems with reality, right? Because there's not only one side to a story, right? There's actually three sides. There's... Um, you know, one person's side, the other person's side, and then the truth, what actually happened. Um, and so as you're listening to somebody else, um, you gotta, you got to trust everything that they say, and usually there's some issues with that. Um, the second 
level of listening is really to listen um, listen to to their voice. Um, you're, you're listening to their tone, um, the volume, um, how they answer really tells you something, right? Are they speaking fast or slow? Do they have a deep voice or a high voice? Um, for example, if you're around kids, the same kids for any length of time, you'll understand that when they speak, you can tell if they're sick or not, right, by the, the way that they speak. And so really what you're doing is you're, you're listening beyond just the words that they're saying, right? My daughter Hannah, she, she's 10, she has this habit of, you know, she'll be really sick and we'll take her to the doctor and the doctor will say, you know, hi, Hannah, how are you? And, you know, she can't hardly lift her head off the table and she'll say, I'm fine. So in that regard, which do you listen to? Do you listen to the words that say, I'm fine? Or do you watch her body and say, clearly she's not, right? Um, and the third level is really listening not only to the words that are being said, um, the way that they are being said, but also to this general kind of um, what's the body language? What are they really trying to say? What is the meaning behind the meaning, right? Um, so, for example, let's say that, um, you know, you, you, you are talking to a loved one and they say, hey, man, love you, while running out the door as they leave versus somebody who, who really draws it out and, you know, maybe puts their hand on your shoulder and says, you know what, I love you and looks you in the eye, and then they walk out the door, right? Which person are you more inclined to believe that they actually love you? Well, it's probably the second, right? Because the way in which they say something gives you a lot of data. See, I tell you this because a lot of people that I work with as coaching clients get so caught up in what the person said with their words that they get stuck in their own thinking. Okay, so, so don't get stuck. Stuck thinks. Listen beyond their words. And remember, you don't have the whole story, right? You don't even have your own whole story figured out. Um, so listen and try to ask good questions and, and never assume that you know what's going on. That's always a safe rule, okay? Um, you can even monitor this when you ask yourself questions, too. Um, so when you're reflecting, and especially with some of these questions I'm going to give you later, do you answer quickly or do you really think about them? Do you use a lot of words to answer yourself or just a few? Um, when, you're, when you're asking yourself the question, how do you feel in your body when you're answering? And what does that say about you, right? So that process of reflecting on your thinking is called metacognition or thinking about your thinking. Um, there's actually many more levels to this kind of thinking that would just blow your mind away. Um, but, again, we're not going to stay there. Okay, so 
we're going to go to the three questions that you need to ask yourself. Okay, so write that down. Three questions I need to ask myself. Now, I promise that the more thought you really put into these questions, the answers to these questions, the more you're going to grow. Okay? That's actually a law of creation. What you sow, you will reap. Okay? And a law like the law of gravity works whether you know about it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it still happens. Okay? So what you put into this, you will get out of it. Um, you won't be able to really answer these questions for yourself in depth tonight on this call. So don't think I'm going to ask you the question you're going to answer and just move on. Okay? So I want you to focus on writing down the questions and then scheduling a time to reflect on them later. Okay? Um, also, a word of warning. Don't be quick to just write down an answer. Let these really sit with you a while because the more you reflect on it, the more it's going to change you. All right. So the first question is, do I have an open ear policy? Do I have an open ear policy? So some people have heard of the open door policy where a leader says, hey, I have an open door policy. Come in anytime you want. You know, we'll chat, we'll talk. Or um, perhaps you're in um, a lot of my early educator, early childhood educators um, work at places that they have to have a, a, an open door policy so parents can come in at any time to see their kids, right? Um, but here's the thing. Have you ever worked with somebody who said they had an open door policy, but they really didn't? <laughs> Every time you tried to talk to them, they made it pretty clear that you weren't welcome for one reason or another. Um, so do you have what's called an open ear policy? Are you open-minded or defensive? Do you see possibilities and opportunities in what people share with you? Or do you try to defend and argue why what they said won't work? Do you often invite people to give you feedback? And I mean beyond the once-a-year evaluation that you send out, right? Do you ask people to give you feedback? And when you receive it, whether you ask or not, right, because let's face it, we all get unsolicited feedback. So whether you ask for it or not, do you accept it, evaluate it, and do something about it? Or do you immediately dismiss it, right? Now, some people dismiss it out loud and some people dismiss it quietly in their head, right? But the point is that you have an open ear policy that wherever you go, when people give you feedback, that you are willing to take that and evaluate it and say, is this for me, right? Is this for me? Um, because let's face it, sometimes you get that feedback that, it's not positive and it's not helpful, 
Um, and that's clearly not for you, right? So do you have an open ear policy? Here's one now. Some of you got to get your seatbelts ready for this one, okay? Here's the question. Do I interrupt? Do I interrupt? So it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Um, but if you really think about it, interrupting says something about you, to you, and through you. About you, to you, and through you. So let's think about this one for a minute. What do you think interrupting somebody when they're speaking says about you? Maybe you interrupt a child when they're speaking. What does that say about you? Perhaps it says that you already know what's being shared, right? Or you don't want to hear what the other person has to say. Or maybe you're in a hurry to share your own story. Or you have other important things to do. But think about that. What does it really say about you? Interrupting another person really sends this message. It says, I am important. My schedule is important. My story is important. My time is important. Now, don't get me wrong. All of those are important and true statements. You, your schedule, your time, and your story are all important. But a person with discernment and healthy boundaries understands how to interrupt somebody in a respectful manner, okay? So, for instance, somebody, let's say you're, you're the, the boss and somebody comes in, um, and maybe the boss means your mom, right? You, you moms will understand this, but you're doing something in your office. Um, somebody comes in and, and starts to chat. And you're realizing that they're really just wanting to catch you up in their drama, right? Um, and so you're looking at the pile of paperwork in front of you, and you're trying to, to give those hints that, you know, now is not a good time. Um, I'd love to have an open-door policy, but not right now, right? <laughs> and so um, you have to somehow help them understand that they are important, but yet your time is important, too. And so here, here's a way that you can share that with them. Instead of interrupting them, you can wait for a pause. And, and if you have those people, this was a trick that I learned a long time ago. This is a side note. This is an extra, so you're welcome. Um, if you uh, keep some candy in your office and you have a person who never, ever, ever shuts up, they don't take a breath, get to know which kind of candy they like. It helps. Okay? So... Um, what I would do is I would say, um, you know what, this sounds really important, and I really want to focus on this and, and hear more about this. The problem is that I'm working on this project right now. I have some time this afternoon between 1 and 1.15. Would you be able to come back and just touch base and let me know what's going on? Now, now think about what that does. It clearly communicates to that other person, I want to hear what you want to share, right? I want to have this connection with you. And 
I need to get this done. And so later, when you come back, I'm going to have a full 15 minutes or five, if that's what you prefer. I'm going to have this set-aside time that's going to show you how important you are to get my time. So here's what usually happens after you do that. Unless you have a very needy person, they usually don't come back. And this isn't a way of getting rid of anybody or manipulating or controlling, but usually the person doesn't come back because by the time they get to 1 o'clock, their needs are filled, right? They, they've usually really taken somebody else hostage in, in the whole drama thing, but they don't typically come back. However, when they do, you will have that time set aside for them. And so you're showing them, yes, I told you I was going to do that, and I'm going to do that. So you're building that credibility and, and the relationship, okay? So that's what interrupting says about you, is that you are more important, right? What does interrupting say to you, to you? Um, perhaps it does signify that you're building healthy boundaries and you're protecting your time or your mental health if you know the interaction you're about to have is a toxic one, okay? There are people on this line, I know, you are experiencing some toxic relationships right now and you're trying to limit yourself in those. And so in that instance, when you know that the other person is harming you, whether intentionally or not, that is an appropriate place to interrupt. So if that is the situation and, and you are interrupting, then interrupting says to you, you are doing a good job, okay? However, for all other times, it might also signal an area to address related to pride or arrogance or an emotional need that you might have. Um, the answer to that is really up to you to, to, to kind of figure that out, and it's going to be different for each person, okay? The point is that you're asking the question, do I interrupt? And what does this say about me? And what does this say to me? And now the key is, what does interrupting say through you to the other person? How do you think the other person feels, right? Think about a time that you were interrupted. How did you feel? It didn't feel very good, did it? So it might signal to that other person that you aren't a safe person to talk to or that you don't really care about them or that you might be a toxic or challenging person for them. Oh, did I get you? <laughs> so if this is a challenge for you, Maybe you ask a question and the other person, by the way, children are really great at this. Um, maybe you ask a question and the other person tells you such a long story you just want to escape, right? Um, but the thing is you asked the question. So be prepared for the answer, right? Don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. Um, focus on these uh, three levels of listening and trying to really figure out who the other person is and not just remembering what they said, right? Because sometimes that's impossible. Anybody who has a, a, a 10 to 12-year-old girl um, understands 
there's no following that story. Um, for some of you, this might take a good deal of practice. Uh, if you know this about yourself, I applaud you for your awareness. Um, go and practice as much as you possibly can, okay? So the third question for self-reflection is, do I want to hear what I need to hear? Do I want to hear what I need to hear? That's another hard one, isn't it? Do I want to hear what I need to hear? So I'll give you a couple examples. Um, the other day I was um, invited over to my in-laws, and I go over there, and um, we're getting ready to have dinner, and my 10-year-old is drawing in her coloring book. And um, she begins to uh, – Apparently, she had had this conversation in her head because she pretty much starts speaking out loud mid-sentence. And she says something about, um, yeah, that's right, Mommy, you wouldn't be um, a good lioness. And so, of course, I got curious, and I said, um, you know, what makes you say that? And so as she's coloring these two lions, she's telling me all about how the lioness um, does all the work and the cooking and the cleaning and the taking care of the kids and how I wouldn't make a good lioness. Now, for those of you who know me, you understand, um, yeah, she's, she's right. <laughs> um, I am, am progressively working on my housekeeping skills. It's not something that comes to me easily. Um, and really, I only feed the kids because they get loud if I don't. Um, so it's not necessarily my gifting. Um, and so, of course, in the moment, as she's telling me this, I had to recognize there is truth in that. Um, but, of course, there was this, this moment of, and you're saying this right in front of your grandma. Okay, we're there. And so what what's a girl to do? I looked and I said, you know what? I think this brown would look really good for his tail. <laughs> but then later I had to think about that and say, yeah, you know, that that's her, her perception of reality and, and I need to do a better job, right, for her. Um, also, you know, this, this kind of unsolicited advice, um, working on that open ear policy, um, Last week, I had, I don't know, gone through the drive-thru, and I got my Diet Coke, you know, because at McDonald's, it's, it's now that $1, and, and uh, I, I just like my Diet Coke in the summertime. There's something about it, right? And my husband said, you know, you've really been um, drinking a lot of Diet Coke lately. And I kid you not, I was just previously during the day working on the script for this call, and I was like, there it is. This is my teaching moment. Michelle, do you have an open-ear policy? And I thought, okay, I clearly did not solicit this feedback, but I got it. And I had, you know, first of all, I'll be completely honest, and I, I'm sure I, I don't remember what I said, but I'm pretty sure I was snarky, okay? Pretty sure I wasn't the nicest. I'm just saying. Um but then I had to think about it and go, you know what, how much Diet Coke am I drinking lately, right? And so I had to look at it and say, well, 
um, I'm going to go ahead and choose to be very careful and mindful of how much Diet Coke I'm drinking. So even though it was definitely unsolicited advice, um, it's done in love and to help me in my health, right? Um, also, this, do I want to hear what I need to hear? Um, some of you know I'm in the process of writing my Ph.D. dissertation, which is a whole nother animal. Um, if it were just writing a paper, I'd be done by now. Um, however, throughout this process, there have been multiple people who have, have to kind of put their input into it. And I have heard some things, um, not necessarily about my writing, but just about other things that I've chosen to look at. Um, and I've gotten feedback that I did not like, right? Um, and quite frankly, I did not want to hear what I needed to hear. And because of that, I chose to rationalize and justify why what they said was wrong. And I basically lost six months in my journey of writing because of my own stubbornness. Okay? So if you are able to answer, do I want to hear what I need to hear, or at least able to address that question and, and grow in that, your life is going to be so much easier, I promise you. So think about yourself for a moment. How open are you when these moments happen? Because they happen all the time, don't they, right? Especially if you've been around one or more kids for more than a few minutes. You're going to get feedback, and it's going to be very, very honest. Um, do you take that bitter pill and see it as um, data to process and maybe make a change? Or do you deny it, um, fight against it, or maybe even see it as a personal attack? Right? Sit with that one for a while. When you schedule your reflection time, this might be one of those that you really got to sit with for a little bit. Okay? So I'd like to share with you a few more questions that you might find useful. So hang in there. Um, I promise you these are life-changing, okay? Um, so these are questions that, that anybody can ask of others. You can ask these questions um, at home or at work. You can ask them to adults or children. Um, so, I'm sorry, here I just dropped my paper. Oh, there we go. All in live time, folks. This is what you actually get, right? Um, <laughs> so here's a question that you can ask. How can I serve you? How can I serve you? You can ask this question to anybody. This is one of those questions I am trying very hard to cultivate in my toolbox of questions. How can I serve you? I find it easier to ask this question of people that I'm working with. That's not hard at all. Um, I'm trying to cultivate this one with my children. Um, rather than just assuming that, hey, I'm your mom, I know I'm going to serve you, um, to really ask them, how can I serve you? Um, to show them that they're important, but also so that they understand, 
hey, this is my mom asking me this. This must be important. Okay? Here's one that I was asked once when I was an administrator, and I will always remember the person who asked me this question. What could I do to make your job easier? What could I do to make your job easier? Think about that one, folks. What do you think would happen if you, as an employee, asked your boss that question? Well, first of all, you're going to have to um, pick them off the floor and help put them back in their chair, right, because they don't normally get asked that question. Um, they're going to look at you very differently, aren't they? But the thing is that you really want to ask this question. When you want to ask that question, you're going to be the employee that makes your boss look better. What about if your boss, maybe you are the boss, or your boss asked you this question, what could I do to make your job easier? How would you look at your boss differently if he asked you that question? What can I do to make your job easier? Well, you'd look at him very differently, wouldn't you? Now, I'm going to throw this one out there, and some of you know where I'm going with this one. What would happen if you asked your spouse, what can I do to make life easier for you? And, and for some of you, I know this is a question that you do ask. But then there's the rest of us. <laughs> this is one I struggle with, too. What can I do to make your life easier? Or what can I do to make you more successful? Or maybe what can, we, can I do that would make our team better, right? You could even ask yourself this question. So think about that. Imagine that you are having the self-reflection time and you are talking to yourself and you're asking yourself, what can I do to make your job easier? What can I do to make you more successful or a better team player? That would be kind of a wild ride, wouldn't it? Right? Then you would start answering yourself. I do some form of this sometimes where I, I will say, okay, Michelle, if you were your own coach, what would you tell yourself to do? If you wanted to make a change and if you were going to be more successful, what would you, what would you be doing? And when I'm having this conversation and I'm not really saying this is what I'm going to do, but yet I'm, I'm counseling myself, all of a sudden I come up with this plan and I looked at it on the paper and I go, wow, that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like a good plan. It's almost like it doesn't come from me, right? That's my non-conscious brain that's kind of rising up and saying, you know this, you just don't know it in your conscious brain. So my, my really deep inside Michelle is speaking to my conscious part of my thinking brain saying, you know this, this is what we're going to do. It's really kind of cool, but the key is it takes, it takes you sitting down and thinking. Did you catch that? 
it takes you to sit down and think. Because I know many of you on the line tonight are doers, and you are excellent doers. Don't get me wrong. It takes a lot of, of work to sit down and think. And sometimes it's just easier to get up and do. That's for a whole other call, so we'll leave that one. Um, but another question that you could ask um, is, what's your plan? What's your plan? What did you learn, right? These are learning and growth questions. What's your plan and what did you learn? I ask my kids these questions all the time, um, you know, every every single day. They're getting ready for school. They're getting ready for bed. What's your plan? And they understand this question now. They used to give me their whole long plan, and now they understand it's really my invitation for them to go plan elsewhere and get it done, <laughs> right? Not that I don't want to listen to them, and I will. But what your plan has now become, remember, you do have a plan. Get going on your plan, right? Sometimes, um, you know, when there's a little bit of drama, you know, we'll make a plan and say, you know, how are you going to handle this at school? Um, how are you going to handle this situation? What's your plan? And so one of the girls, usually Ellie, she's seven, She'll come up with her plan, and she'll go to school, and I'll make a mental note, check in with her with her plan. And at the end of the day, I'll say, hey, how did your plan go? What, what, is, what happened? And then I always follow it up with, what did you learn from that? Because whether the problem was fixed or not is not the issue. The issue is, what did she learn from it? When we focus on whether the problem was fixed or not, we're focused on the result. Now, hang with me here for a minute, okay, because this is going to sound a little crazy, but, but hang with me. I'm not saying results are wrong. What I'm saying is sometimes we worship at the altar of results instead of looking at the growth, right? So maybe the problem wasn't fixed. Maybe the issue is still there, but yet she learned something because she made a plan and something in her plan didn't work. Or maybe her plan did work, but the problem still wasn't solved. So the point is that she would go through all of that, make the plan, do the plan, come back, think about the plan, and learn from the plan whether she got the intended result or not. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? Do you look at your results? Maybe you are on a health journey. Do you look at that weight, that number on your weight, and that kind of determines your identity? Or do you look at that weight and say, okay, what, what is explaining this weight? Was it really the three pieces of chocolate cake I had last week? Or was it the fact that I went to the gym every day and I've now gained muscle? Because same result two very different reasons for that result, okay? So what's your plan and what did you learn, all right? Now, the last question, we kind of touched on this a little bit last time. Um, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? Now, this sounds very simple, but 
when you ask a coach or a mentor or a thinking partner, somebody who is really helping you to kind of grow, you ask them, what do I need to know? Um, really what you're doing is you're asking them, what am I missing? What in the world am I missing? What do I need to know to kind of get unstuck? Um, and so that is really the invitation for them to speak into you and to say, hey, you know, this is, this is what I see. This is what I notice. Um, you can ask children this. Um, let me just tell you, if you've not been around a lot of children, um, when you ask a question like this, you're going to get an answer. It's going to be honest, and it's going to be probably more honest than you want to know, right? Um, you can also ask, if you are the boss, um, ask your employees this often, right? They are used to you coming and telling them what they need to know. That's a two-way street, right? When you're building relationship and credibility with your staff, go to them often and say, what do I need to know, right? What would happen if you asked your children in your own home, what do I need to know, right? What do I need to know as a parent? Um, how, can, how can I be a better parent? They're going to have some ideas, right? Now, some of their ideas are obviously not going to work, <laughs> but you can maybe entertain them anyway, right? So the, do you see the potential for significance here? Uh, when we ask these questions, when we listen at a higher level, and we really think about the answers with an open mind, um, when, when we're focused on possibilities and opportunities, there is life, purpose, growth, and positivity there, right? How could your life not change? When you really ask great questions about yourself to yourself in order to live through yourself, you can't help but change yourself, right? And in return, the universe looks upon you in a highly favored manner and sends all good things your way. So ask yourself this question, how committed are you to yourself and your future growth to ask these simple but profound questions? So listen, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to ask you right now, I've given you at least seven questions, probably a lot more if you're really taking notes. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being, you know, Michelle, this has been a great call. I'm going to forget everything once I hang this phone up. <laughs> and 10 being, oh, my gosh, I'm going to set aside time right now to do this. How committed are you to actually going through and using some of these questions for yourself? Whatever that number is right now, I want you to put it down on your piece of paper and circle it. Do it right now. How committed are you about listening to and for the answers from yourself and others? 
So the first one is how committed are you to actually being self-reflective, committed to yourself? The second one is how committed are you to listening for the answers? And the third one is how committed are you to cultivating an open mind and looking for possibilities instead of defending yourself? You see, your commitment level to yourself matters. It's what will drive your success and help you serve others. Sit with this. Sit with this. Okay, so next time, next call we have for next week, we are going to look at um, some questions to ask during conflict. Anybody have any conflicts? Maybe today, <laughs> right? Um, we're going to look at some ways that you could um, kind of deal with some challenging people. Um, and we're going to touch on some questions dealing with transitions. Um, transitions are very hard. Um, doesn't matter what kind of transition in life you're going through could be a, 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 a quote-unquote negative or a positive transition, transitions are hard. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. So as we are ending, um, I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. Um, first of all, flip back to the beginning of your notes. Where, when you wrote down what your purpose was and you talked about what you were grateful for, Look at your purpose, your goal, your reason for being on the call. Did you see it in this call? Was that addressed? Also, maybe off in the margin of what you're grateful for, add one or two things that you're grateful for now. And and at the end of your notes, write down or, or maybe mark somehow, I prefer stars, that's just my thing, um, maybe star one or two aha moments that you had from being on the call tonight. Aha moments. So because I have this hard stop at 9.30 tonight, we won't have time for our questions and answers, but... Would you be so kind as to email me your feedback, your thoughts, your aha moments? I love to hear feedback. Honestly, guys, um, I do have an open ear policy when it comes to this, and I want to hear what I need to hear, okay? So I'm living this out. Um, so please send me. My, my regular email is growbyone, G-R-O-W, B-Y, the number one, grow by one at gmail.com. Send me your feedback. Send me your thoughts. Um, send me your questions um, since we can't address those tonight. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, also, let me tell you about a couple next steps. Um, so if you would like um, a copy of the recording of the call or you would like a training certificate, I'm going to give you this, this email. It's different than the original email, okay? So pay attention. If you need a recording or you need a certificate, you're going to email me at growbyonet 
teaching call at gmail.com. So grow by the number one teaching call at gmail.com, right? Um, if you need a certificate, there are three things that I need from you. I need you to tell me one thing that you learned, one thing that you are going to teach or share with somebody else, and one thing that you're going to try as a result of this call. Okay, so one thing you learned, one thing you're going to share, and one thing you're going to try. Um, finally, for those of you who would really like to go deeper into this topic, um, or if you would really like to learn more about thinking or mindset in general, um, kind of delving deeper into the big issues that guide our life, many of the things that we don't even understand um, kind of influence our life at that non-conscious level. If you're interested in that part of the work, um, I offer an empowerment mentoring program. And really what it is is it's a series of recorded phone calls. So every other week you get a recorded phone call with um, some really great content. Um, and then on the off weeks of the calls, you would get a half-hour coaching call that would be directly related to the content. So if that's something that you're interested in, please email me um, at either one of those emails that I gave you. Either one would be fine. Um, so if you're, you find that you need a, a thinking partner or um, just another person to be on your team um, as you're journeying towards more significance, I would love to help you in that process, okay? All right, so with that being said, um, what I would like to do is go ahead and release you. Um, I thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for sticking out with, um, through this call with me. Thank you for your grace for not answering your questions tonight and having this hard stop. Um, it, we're still in school, and so i got to get those kiddos to bed. So I am going to open up the call, unmute you, so you can say goodnight to everybody. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back to the wild. Have a lovely evening. Good night. Good night. Good night.